Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Writers and Authors Show. We air this show every second Tuesday with our friends over at Books Forward, and you can keep up with them at booksforward.com. We've been working with them for, I think, over 20, 25 years. However long we've all been going, we've been doing it together uh, in regards to books. Anyway, so we've got Emmy Award-winning creator Jake Wheeler joining us to talk about this amazing middle-grade graphic novel. It's super fun. It's called The Gull Father, Birdsey Seagull. Volume one, a Seahawk situation is out. So I like it when you hear volume one because you know volume two is coming. And this is one of those series you're going to want to get your hands on for your kids. Yeah, middle grade, but I'm saying it's fun for adults too. You can go to thegulffather.com. Jake uh, wrote this with his friend, Jeff Cicadas. And so welcome to the show, Jake. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Now, did I pronounce Jeff's last name correctly? Because I always mess up everyone's names. Yeah, that's a hard one. That's a that's that's a tricky one. Anyway, uh, he he's pronounced it cicitis. Cicitis. Okay. Cicitis. Yeah. The wow. AI, but yeah, it's that uh... sounds like a medical word. Like he should be in a medical dictionary. <laughs> Just, sorry, Jeff. Um, you know, if you're not on the show, you may get put into a dictionary. But no, cicitis. Okay, I got it. Jeff cicitis. How did you guys meet? I want to get into the Gulffather, but I feel like. We need to set up the scene about the two of you to get to the point of how this happened. So where did yeah. you both meet? We met in college in mid to late 90s, dating myself a bit. And um, yeah, up in Boston. And we were good friends from freshman year onward. And um, after graduation, he moved to the New York area and I moved out to the West Coast. And um I don't know. I didn't have any plans on ever coming back to <laughs> once I got to the West Coast. I said, this is amazing. And um, eventually, though, I made my way back to New York. I got transferred back and we kind of rekindled our we, we, you know, we always stayed friends, but we were in close proximity and we started kind of doing creative stuff together. We got a few opportunities and it was just sort of a natural partnership. And, and I think the time away had, had sort of let us realize how fun it was to be together and be creating. And so. Yeah, it's been a 20-year odyssey of, of sort of creating in different ways and formats since then. Wow, because I know you've done a lot of advertising content together, won a number of awards. Both of you are Emmy-winning, right? Was it the same Emmy award together or separate? Uh, yeah, Jeff, Jeff won the Emmy, not me. I can't take credit for that. He won it for an interactive documentary called The And. Um, it was about relationships. Oh. And uh yeah, we've won a bunch of advertising awards together. They they kind of um, the industry has a you know a few kind of shows where they kind of honor creative work and um, yeah, gosh, we've done so many. We we moved to Alabama and we shot a documentary together. Uh, lived down there for six months uh, doing a documentary wow. in college football. Uh, yeah, just kind of life on the road sort of thing. Um, we've we've been in development with Comedy Central and had the. The LA movie agent or you know, movie and TV agents did that whole thing. Um, now we're doing graphic novels. We've written children's books. Um, I was I helped develop a show that's on Disney Plus right now, uh, Renovations with Jeremy Renner. If, oh, um, nice. Yeah. Nice. So, so yeah, so it's this it's this kind of long creative journey, and and we're in different places again now. But 
um, because of that time together, uh, there was a time where we were, you know, roommates and creative partners and probably weren't more than five feet away from each other for a period of five years <laughs> straight. And so uh, now I feel like we could be on one could be on the moon and one could be on Mars and we we'd yeah. still kind of be able to connect and, and create together. So yeah, it's a great friendship, great working relationship. It's I think there's something about friends from college or high school and stuff like I just reconnected with my high school friend from South Africa and we haven't seen each other and this dating ourselves 30 years or something and and apparently I'm getting older because I keep thinking I'm younger and, and she keeps reminding me that I'm going to turn a different age real soon and I'm like you need to shut up and not tell anybody like you're my buddy, like, you know, the secret code and you're letting it out. And she's like, I know, but I know you. And that's a thing. Doesn't it happen with, with friends like that, that um, they know you, like you, there's no BSing. Like you yeah. cannot, yet when they know you from the, your prime of your life of knowing your goals and what you're striving from, and then like for, not from, for, and at the same time, the shenanigans, even, you know what I mean? There's that two-part thing going. <laughs> yeah, that you, go through, yeah. you go through your formative years together. You're probably getting a little bit of trouble together. And yeah, you kind of explore, you know, a lot of the, your first, you know, real explorations of life on your own, you know, aren't with, not being with your parents are with sort of these friends. And um, yeah, and so, you know, I think at a different level than you do um, anyone later in life, especially anyone you maybe meet professionally, right? Like, because that professional pretense is sort of always there, but the people, yeah, you met in, in a, a dirty dorm room some 30 years <laughs> ago, you know them in a different way, you know? I, so now you guys write a, a middle grade graphic novel. So are you both parents? I'm not, I'm, a, I'm an uncle to four and a, I'm, a, I'm a dog dad to two. And Jeff is a, a father to three, two girls oh. and a boy. Yeah. Listen, dogs and kids get along. Like I put them in the same, you know, quadrant there. Yeah. But the, you know, I know there's human versus the fur, but they're all babies. And but they both keep us amused. So, like seriously, I I want to say the golf father. Nancy and I both love this. Number one, it does make me feel like going back to Mad Magazine days, because yeah. I, I yeah, and the fact that it's a middle grade, but you you um balance the, the line of letting kids have that um i'm gonna say grit edginess coolness yeah. badassery because you even use the word in there i'm like they said badass but you don't cross the line and and it's like you're not you're not dumbing down things for kids and i feel so many times it's like the middle grade age they are way aware of things more than i think what adults know and if you can't talk down to them, so writing for them, you have to kind of be right there. Did that kind of cross how you were writing it about like in a, at the same time, don't make the parents mad if you say something yeah, wrong, you know what it, I mean? Yeah, totally. And, and so a couple ways to sort of talk about it. One is you want the parents to be involved in it, but you know, something that the parents and kids both like. And, and Pixar was probably the, and Disney to an extent, right? Did it the best that way, right? Where the kids would want to watch the movie and the parents kind of wanted to watch the movie too, right? Or at least didn't, mm -hmm. didn't dislike watching the movie. And, and so that was one of the line we tried to straddle was like, what, what's that formula where, um, you know, the kid could really like it and it would feel a little bit edgy and adventurous, 
and the parent might actually, you know, like it too, and, and wonder what's up with these characters and, and, and engage with their child, you know, especially dads. A lot of times the dads aren't part of the reading process. It's all the moms. And, you know, we thought is that is just, just, you know, even the subject matter, right? Gangster seagulls, the goal father. Is that something Dude, where so cool. dad, yeah, dad can play more of a role and, and sort of, you know, he, he gets the humor that the parent gets from, you know, generations of watching mafia films and, and, you know, the gangster humor that we know from Goodfellas and, and just the whole genre. And there'll be jokes for them and, and the kids can like it because there's, you know, there's great art, there's great illustration, the, the, you know, the characters. Oh my gosh, the, who did the illustration? Because they're, uh, they're amazing. They're, yeah, they're... it was a, a team uh, out of Spain and uh, Taiwan. Um, they had done wow. the Marvel in, in some places. Wow. German Torres and his team. Um, yeah, yeah, really good. <laughs> like, you know, and that's, you know, that's one of the things when, because because in, we write in other formats, I'm working on a, a novel now, but with graphic, it's collaborative. And when you find the right people, and we know this from our advertising days where you'd work with teams and you'd work with art directors and illustrators and filmmakers and cinematographers and stuff. Um, but when you, when you spend a lot of time in the novel format or any kind of just, you know, purely written format, it can be very sort of isolating, right? And then with the, when you go into the graphic novel zone, you know, someone gets to surprise you. Someone gets to like show you their talent. Someone gets to add so much action and, and visual, we call it visual thunder. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. like the visual dimension that, that, that you can't do. And it's, it's a really rewarding part of the process. You get to just watch someone else's talent and be in awe of it. And it's really kind of a, a pleasant thing to, to be able to have in your life. And so, yeah, so graphic was a new thing. And getting back to your question about the, um, Mm -hmm. lines we try to straddle so the one was kid and parent but the other is in your middle grade might be really aptly named middle right because you're coming out of the zone of of picture books and we do some picture book work and everything is really nice and it's very sweet it might be cute and funny but um there's not a lot of edge to it right um but kids you know at that age we're you know eight nine ten eleven they're starting to explore the world more they're starting to understand uh, um, mm -hmm. the stakes involve a certain things um, and but they're not you know when you get to YA maybe it's a little more I don't know it's a little different maybe it gets a little relationshipy um, so they're kind of in that sweet spot of like they they have an appetite for a little more of the world a little more action um, they're starting to understand you know sort of uh, I don't know like clever insults or comebacks that kind of thing so the verbal dimension is pretty interesting I might get one of my nephews will say something to me. I'm like, well, okay, all right, that's funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you, you kind of have to be in this in this zone of like, you know, has some sweetness, has some good heart, but you know, can be funny in in in, in new ways, you know, verbally funny and and some really kind of nice visual hijinks um, that you can't do at a younger age. Maybe wouldn't play so much at an older age when you get to sort of the YA. Uh, target so yeah so yeah, I think yeah but it moves so fast I mean it's just like and then for me like I want to keep going back to the the art is so good too like it moves fast you read it and like it, I do bring it back to like mad magazine with all the it's all the sound effects you guys put in here and then it's like okay at the same time for kids to be able to I mean you've got the gang it's the seagull gang really with Birdsey, like he's ruling the roost and 
the characters, I mean, that to me, I mean, I, I want to write this, like, honestly, because to <laughs> me, you. isn't that the fun thing about developing this and making the characters and making, every, you know, all the names and, and the personas and then like, oh, let them go for it in, in, you know, the actual, the book. But it's like, I think it sparks the imagination for kids and adults because I love this kind of stuff. Like to me, it's, it's, this is candy and there's candy in there. Um, yeah, I, well, we all want candy. I but love. Yeah, I mean, like I love. Yeah. Character. character to me is is the most fun, and you know, I don't know if it was because I was kind of raised in sort of the golden age of the sitcom, right, where you would spend five, ten years with these people in your living room. So it was Cheers, Cosby Show, Seinfeld, Friends. You know, you, you kind of had these. You just like the people, and you kind of just wanted to see what was going on in their lives, and and you wanted to see them more and more, and um, character, these types of characters, right? That you just want to spend time with. I think, and I don't know if everyone feels the same way. It sounds like you do, but it, it, it was so, so formative for me, maybe. Um, I don't know if that's why I like it, but, but I do. I think, I think I go to character maybe first yeah. and, and then, you know, story can come from the characters and what are their flaws? What are their needs? What are their ambitions? Um, what roles are they playing in their little world? And, are they are they suited for that role or not suited for that role? But when you've got great characters that you want to spend time with, then you can answer all those questions in a bunch of different ways and and over a bunch Take of to different places. Ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because this one is you know they're on the boardwalk and you know here comes you know listen seagulls. I I can't even I could I could tell stories about seagulls all day long. Seagulls, monkey, you know, like they do steal your food. Like, you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, they do. And you're right. They're like a gang. They have criminal tendencies. They do. And they, <laughs> they are like a gang. Do. And they know, like, we were just in Long Beach, um, Long Beach, Washington State, the longest beach in uh, this peninsula. And it's windy as hell. Like, really, mm -hmm. people go out there to just fly kites. And when you get out of the car, the seagulls come after you because they want your food. They know you have food somewhere. The only reason you're getting out of your car is to fly a kite or give them food, according to them. Yeah. And then when you get in the car, they hop on your car and they will go to the, if you, we opened sandwiches and we had this entire di dialogue and I felt bad, but I didn't. This is what they, I mean, cause they sat on the windshield looking at us like you're eating a sandwich. You need to give it to me now. <laughs> and we're going nanny, nanny, nanny. We have glass, but, and he's like, oh yeah. And when, when you want to get out, I'm going to get you. Like they surround your car and it is like this. It is like the Godfather. <laughs> yeah, it's, the it's like a racket. <laughs> it is. It is. And I've had them like, um, in, I remember in South Africa, there was this one place everybody knew. Do not get, we, we call them chips over there, French fries. The seagulls will come after your French fries. 100%. They want <laughs> them. They'll get them. And they also move out of out of ocean areas into, I've seen them in Illinois in lakes. Like, what the hell are you doing there? You, what were you doing in Chicago? It, it's, like, like, it's like in Casino when the mob first goes to Vegas. They, they exactly. Have, they There's stuff going on. Territory. <laughs> I know. Like, I feel like I love that you're doing more series of this because it's like so fun to read and visualize. But for kids, like, what, what is about going into just 
having a kid be, uh, you know, remember Archie and all of that stuff, Archie and Jughead and all of that, yeah. just that yeah. you wanted those books and they were treasured and you traded them for all kinds of things. And, you know, you didn't want to always part with your comic books, you know, but this to me is, it's a graphic novel, but at the same, it's like, I don't know. I feel like our, our generations now want something a little bit more than their phone i know everyone's yelling at me no they only want to be on their phone actually i think they do want something that's special yeah and that's the hope right and and i mean it's it's kids of that age particularly you know i think from a from a neurobiology perspective they don't have their prefrontal cortex fully developed at seven mm. so they don't they wouldn't make the best decisions if you if you left them to their own devices and, and that's where parents come in but i think they do want they do want something but they don't necessarily know how to be directed toward it or, mm. or maybe exert um the choice sometimes but and that's where parents come in right to, and and but also mm. there needs to be an option to give them right that'll be somewhat palatable right you can't take the you can't take the smartphone away and give them shakespeare <laughs> it's just no you know not yet, mm -hmm. yeah, at some point, but but it, but you can build up then, and we think that's maybe the role a graphic mm -hmm. novel plays, especially a, a fun and character driven one that has a you know a lot of visual um, dy dynamism. Um, that you know, we hope it can be one of those things. It's like, hey, just um, you know, check this out, put the phone down for a second, and check this out. And if you like it, I'll get you another one. And um, you know, and then, and then it's not, it, it's you know, it's, it's kind of like the sugar with the medicine, right? The uh, mm -hmm. You're not going to hate it. <laughs> I mean, you like it. You'll you'll like it. But that 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 immediate thing of like, okay, turn off the you know turn off the gaming console, and read. Right. That's a really hard sell. But you know, turn off the gaming console and and check this out. That yeah, maybe yeah, a little bit easier of a jump. But yeah, but I think it's got inspiration for um, creativity when you read something like this. To me, like it just the it's so much fun because because of the character names, because of the characters. Like I'm I'm addicted to the characters. I mean, Bertabella, yeah. I, I wanna create, I love it because it kind of goes, you know, I'm a songwriter way back when. And at the same time, it's like you, I kind of almost feel like it's the same thing in a way um, or it's similar where when you write a song, you have to keep it short and okay, there's rhyming or not rhyming, however you're gonna write it, but it's, um, it's got to have a rhythm. And if you're going to write about people, make him a character like Bob Dylan, right? He's really good at doing characters in, yeah. in a song. And that's kind of like, to me, when I'm reading this, it's like these characters come to life and all I want to do is write them. Like you make me want to write stuff. You're like, oh, we forget the fun of characters and all of that storytelling magic. And so for you know, the youth reading this, I'm hoping that they get that. But I also think that like I was saying about you guys not talking down to kids, like everything has to have this huge moral message and, you know, it gets to a point and moral messaging and all of that. I'm all, I'm all a fan of, but I actually really think kids of today need some levity. They're going through hell. They're going to school. They're having to think about, am I going to get shot in school? Um, there's climate change, there's all of these pressures happening, who knows what's happening at home with family pressures, and, you know, it gets, it gets worse as they get older, right, that they need some levity, because don't we all, when we look at kids go, don't we all want to be a kid again, 
And I think that's part probably why you do what you do too. It's like, yeah. it's fun. Well, that's, you know, that's very explicitly. We said, you know, let's write something that the eight-year-old Nuss would want to read. You know, and yeah. it, it sounds cliche, but I mean, it was very much like, I would want, you know, what's something that I would think is funny? What's a joke that I would think is funny at eight? And maybe it would be the kind of joke or scene that someone's like, oh, don't laugh at that. And you're like, that's funny. I'm laughing at that. I you know, still like, laugh at that stuff. Seriously, <laughs> to this day, I'm one of those. Like, I, it's still funny. Yeah. I remember but, my know, jokes you, from eight years old. You bring up a really good point about the need for levity. And, you know, a lot of stand-up comedians uh, talk about this. And I, I, I think the role of comedy now... I think maybe it's kind of in an in-between place of sort of trying to figure out like what its role is. That's sort of like one of my personal kind of theories is, you know, but there used to be, I mean, there used to be comedy shows on the, the the biggest shows were the the comedy shows, you know, the friends, the, I mean, even 20 years Mm -hmm. later, you know, the streaming services were saying that friends in the office were their, you know, most viewed shows. And, but you look at new shows coming out, there aren't a ton of comedies, they're just sort of straight up comedy. Um, there's some, you know, and there, there's some decent ones, but um, yeah, th- there there aren't a ton. And, and I think we were surrounded by that as kids. And I don't know, maybe in just, you know, in your neighborhood, you had characters and jokers and um, it just seemed to be a little more pervasive. And, and I think, I don't know if it's just, it was COVID, it was just, there's more dangers out there, like you said. Um, it's a it's a little bit of a scarier world maybe um well but there's there's being observant and that's the the problem with the phone stuff right and so the phone is always you're not observant you become this numbskull walking around we do i mean as we travel we always watch these people walk around i mean people walk across the street with their phone in their face and yeah. they could get hit right wow. and kids wow. too and, and, and the adults are doing it around the country. So what are the kids going to follow, right? And so it becomes this numbing thing. And I mean, I'm not, you know, perfect at this at all. You know, I'm always like, oh, no, I have to answer this now. No, I don't. But I do. <laughs> you know, it's like that's, yeah, yeah. that ding, ding, ding needs to go away. I call it the ding, ding, ding syndrome of notifications and all of that stuff. But, our, our, you know, when you think about the youth and, and hey, we're, we live once or maybe we come back, which would be fun. I hope I come back as like, you know, Whoopi Goldberg so I can ghost her. But, you know, it's it's kind of when kids are kids, like go out and play in the dirt, be inspired, be observant. Kids are, they are so observant if we don't let them just feast on the phone, right? Because then they're, yeah. they're in that, that so it's like, uh, you know, if you watch in people in a casino at the at the penny machines, they become these zombies. Like they're literally just keep hitting the, the machine oh, to keep lots, going yeah. while they're, I mean, you might as well you just drool and fall asleep. Oh, it sounds like Congress. But anyway, <laughs> keep pushing that button instead of actually enjoying the game. They become this robotic thing. Whereas kids, like growing up, man, we were looking at worms and we were, you know, giving them names like, you know, and that's what I think about your book is like so cool is like getting into the characters, getting to the names so that they start to identify with their surroundings and do the same thing too. that inspiration, that observance, because you can't build a character without being observant. Right. And so for kids to get into characters instead of glossy Hollywood stuff, 
characters. And, you know, I look at what's happening in movies and streaming and stuff. I think a lot of people are into some of the streaming stuff because it's kind of like England does really good on character development, characters in their shows. Uh, you could have the most famous actor, like, or Judy Dench will come in and just do a cameo with this perfect scene of just this crazy character that comes in just for that scene and be happy to do it and not have to be all glossed up. And yeah. I think that we, we're getting to that point, hopefully in this country that we can, through streaming and Netflix, Hulu, all of that, that we're getting to character driven content versus the glossy fakeness. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Ah, you did get myself in trouble, but you know what I mean? It's like, let's get down to some stuff of, so we're reality based. Because humans don't have a normal, easy life. There's no such thing as anything being glossy in life. And the sooner kids understand characters and get that endearment of, oh, yeah, like one wing grella, right? Yeah. Right there, that becomes humor yet acceptance. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of shows now where i find myself wondering who i'm rooting for <laughs> like i'm just like, wait a minute why am i watching this i don't particularly like any of them and you know I, I, sometimes it's handled really well I, I thought breaking bad handled it amazingly mm -hmm. in terms of sometimes you're rooting for walter sometimes hank sometimes jesse sometimes hank. you know like it, they mm -hmm. kind of would pull you different directions I, I thought that was kind of a master class in how it's done but there's a lot of shows now where like everyone's just kind of bad <laughs> and, and i just you know i don't know I don't personally, at some point I have to, you know, stop and tell myself because it's, it's kind of addictive. And, but I say, what, you know, what am I get? what do I feel when I watch mm. this? What do I, how do I feel at the end of this? And, mm. uh, and then when you watch something where you, you root for someone, you know, despite their flaws or because of their flaws, you know, that even when they do something bad, there's, like you said, there's something endearing about them or there's a, there's an intent, you know, or there's a wound. Mm you know, that we, we can all identify with, like those, those, I think those kinds of things, uh, we can bond with those things because, you know, they're us in some ways or there's someone we know or um, there's someone we care about. And I think that's what it comes down to, right? Do I care about this person? Do I care about this character? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm 100% with you on that. I think it's getting to, the, getting to reality because it, it's understanding your people next door, that observancy and, hey, they're battling with this and this part may be funny, but have some humanity, right? And yeah. humanity is funny as hell. It is, I'm sorry, people are funny. And so are animals and birds and seagulls. I, I just, I can't rave you know, enough about what you guys have put together. So you said you've got a couple more in, in, in like the hopper ready to go so this is keep this is going to keep going the the goal father train will keep moving yeah they're not i wouldn't say they're quite ready to go but yeah they're in the hopper and we've got some storylines and i'm sort of like you know want to start giving you thinking about it like tv where you have like a, a season right so maybe there would be a certain amount of books where there's a, a bigger arc um but the same but you know a lot of those kind of smaller arcs are playing out in each one um but we wanted to um, wait a little bit and see what people were responding to. Did they like certain characters, oh, okay. certain things about the characters? And um, 
just for a little bit of guidance, just so we didn't charge ahead and, and write three books and, and not kind of have any feedback from, especially from kids. It's funny yeah. to them, the stuff that they, the stuff that they pick up on or like is something maybe you didn't think about. And, um, you know, you want to be able to give them more of that, right? Cause at the end of the day, we do want, uh, we do want kids to like this and to, you know, want to choose these books. And, um, so yeah, so, you know, trying to get some of, some of those readers to tell us what they're, what they're liking and, and where they get excited or where they laugh, you know, the thing, you know, you say about writing a joke for your eight-year-old self, you know, that you, you think that an eight-year-old, you would laugh at that, but you don't know. Um, and so, you know, talking to a few eight-year-olds. Different times. Yeah, yeah it's different eras. And, yeah. It's different eras, different things that everyone's going through now, you know, and, um, but I think just having that escape for kids, you know, books have always been this amazing escape because it's just you and the book. It's not your friends telling you what you can have a conversation with your friends about it and carry on about it. But when it's you in the book, it's you in the book, your imagination can go where it wants. No one can tell you anything. It's about you in the book and your yeah. imagination. And, and there's something the right incredibly book, powerful about that. I was going to say, that's exactly what I was going to say. The right book is really powerful, uh, you know, narrative and character. I think as, as humans, we're, we're hardwired for story and for, mm -hmm. you know, bonding with character, bonding with people, bonding with others who might be, you know, friends or allies, uh, you know, from an evolutionary perspective. And um, we had a, uh, we had Christmas in my house this year and my nephews came up to Montana with, you know, my cool. sister and husband and uh, my younger nephew, he's, he's right in the age range for this book. So um, kind of a perfect target demo, but the book wasn't finished yet hit the first present he opened on Christmas. Uh, and this is, you know, when, when there's a million presents under the tree and I want to open all of them. The first one he opened was um, a graphic novel for his favorite book series. I think it was, I think it was Captain Underpants. And <laughs> he started reading it and read through the entire rest of the presents opening, like zoned out, was so into his book. And I was like, if, if the book is that powerful, that it can take him away from basically what is crack for kids Christmas morning, like a million gifts for you. And he's like, he's just zoned out. He's checking to his book. And I was like, wow, books really can be, you know, powerful and character can be powerful. Um, so it gave me hope that, that you can really kind of connect and, and, you know, they can, you know, he chose the, he chose the experience of reading over everything else that was going on around him. That's you know, awesome. Yeah. You know, we had, we had to basically to say, Hey, there's another present for you. He's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> but were they books, physical books or like physical digital? Yeah. No, physical. physical. Yeah. Okay. So will kids get, you know, the Goldfather on, you know, physically like hardback or paperback or, or Kindle? Like, how is that going to work for kids? Yeah, both are available. There's um, there's a black and white hardcover. Um, there's a soft cover color just because of printing costs. It's kind yeah, of yeah. And yeah, yeah. I understand printing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the color uh, hardcover full color would have been prohibitively expensive, um, and there is a there is going to be a Kindle version. Um, we're we're working with Amazon now to get that all uploaded and finished. Wow. And they have a Amazon has a new thing, um, and I forget what they call it, but the way you can view it um, when you actually create the book uh, in the in the software is you can go like frame by frame and, and you can zoom into all the different panes. Oh, so that's sweet. I was going to ask you about that because I kind of feel like this could take a step into animation like that moves, you know. That's um, kind of how it feels when you watch this Amazon thing because 
because it'll, it'll look the viewer kind of zooms from pain to pain and some of the uh. pains get really big. And so it hasn't, you know, it has a nice effect, at least in the, in the previous software when I was looking at it. So, um, you know, and it, it's the kind of art that just looks good on a, on a screen, mm. right? It's, mm. it's, but it's just really, but know, does, yeah, really, I think for so kids, good. whether it's paper or not, it's, it's, it's the messaging. And I think because it's so character driven and it shows unity as teamwork. I feel like because it's seagulls and not people that they can kind of, it gives a separation from people drama, but allows them to look at people from a different perspective with it being more humorous and fun and going, God, you know, I have a friend just like this. Now I understand my friend better. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes easier, right. To, to see it in, um, you know, kind of like an abstraction, right? Yeah. As opposed to, you know, when you create another, if you create a human character, they're probably thinking about that character and whether they like that character annoys them or not, but they don't. And then you have to make them look like a Barbie doll, you yeah. know, something like that. <laughs> and, and then that creates a whole big drama. Yeah. Sorry. Which is a, which is a movie that's coming out soon. The what? Barbie movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a big Barbie movie. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, when you do it like with a with a little bit of an abstraction, right? I think they can bond with it in a different way and understand it like mm-hmm. in sort of just a general sense. Um, yeah. So I think seeing yeah, seeing these seagulls with like personality types, they don't get caught up in and uh, that person's the seagull cool, thing cracks me cool. up. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as I heard it, I was just like, I have to know about this. Like the gull feather cracked me up hysterically. Like immediately, I want to know about this. It's funny. Because they are like the gang. They are like, you know, Nancy and I, I think it was Point Reyes National Seashore we were at. And there were seagulls. There were seahawks, as you know about them. Mm-hmm. And they were dipping and diving down with her friend and his little daughter. Oh, she was so cute. She wanted to make fairy, fairy dwellings and all the flowers, which was cool. It's yeah. a cool thing about traveling mm-hmm. with and, and being around. Like we do our adult stuff. But then when you go in parks with kids, you like the observancy level goes on like, you know, the hundred percent on the meter. You have like, they they trip out, man. <laughs> they create fantasies out of everything. And it's like, wow, okay, let's go back to that. That's fun. Um, but we, we, we all ate sandwiches next to vultures eating a carcass and we're sitting there going, like we're just a few driftwoods down kind of thing. And we're <laughs> going, people would never understand that we're eating lunch watching vultures eat their lunch this is yeah, not yeah. normal, this is not normal. <laughs> and still. seagulls are are there going like where where what about me <laughs> you know yeah. it was like because like, they're they they do dog people like you know when you they like you know yeah, there's a do. dog fight thing they do they they really do they um they create a frenzy too they know how to do that like quail do that birds like quail birds create this flurry and frenzy as part of their tactics to um you know protect their babies and you know kind of just you know distract the attacker hmm. it's like where did everybody go and and fowl fowl do this guinea fowl guinea fowl are really good at it like you don't know who what and where because they're all over the place running around and it's crazy and they we we call them edith bunkers um the guinea fowl i mean if you watch them and you know we've taken care of guinea fowl and we you're obviously in africa they were all over but they seem complete dingbats 
but yeah. they're not it's they're not like what they we've taken watched guinea fowl take out a really evil tempered rapist of a rooster <laughs> just they corralled him took him down to the water and the coyotes got him and he was wow. raping all the chickens i call him the rapist rooster but he was a bad like mean rooster and he attacked Nan he had nancy cornered for 30 minutes hmm. and was flying at and he was flying at everybody he was just one of those roosters and it you know other people would put him to fight which is horrible oh, yeah. but you know i'm not a fan of that at all um but the guinea fowl and they people get roosters when they have a bunch of chickens and hens to protect the hens and they had guinea fowl well, the guinea fowl took out the rooster. So I'm going, why are you doing this? But anyway, um, these guinea fowl surrounded the rooster and led him down down the hill to the river. And we never saw the rooster again. That's so there you go. Yeah. I know. But this is what birds do. Birds are smart, smart, smart being. They're ancient. They are flying dinosaurs. And seagulls have been doing it for years. And they're beautiful I think they're gorgeous. I photograph them all the time and talk to them. They're beautiful. And yet at the same time, don't mess with them. They will huh. get you. They will take your food. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, and birds uh, are surprisingly good at teamwork. Like you were saying, I'll watch it with hawks and eagles, how mm -hmm. they'll get mobbed by smaller birds. And it's a tactic. It's called mobbing where, which is funny because we wrote yep. them all book <laughs> so but did yeah, you guys oh the, my god yeah go ahead i'm gonna yeah, ask about unintentional your uh, unintentional fun but yeah that's how they'll sort of like uh chase a, a predatory bird off they'll you know several mm -hmm. will come in and and you know the the hawk or or you know the bird of prey won't know who to go after and won't know what to you know what to do and doesn't have kind of a clear target and another one will be you know pecking here and there and usually they drive the they drive the offending bird off they do. I've, I've saw, I've seen like little birds go after a big bird, like raptors and take yeah. them out. Like just, yeah, yeah. you're not coming near my nest. Screw you. I'm pushing you out. But did you do re like, okay, crows and ravens, that's a whole other like conversation because oh, they're yeah. brilliant. Oh, I love magpies. You have magpies where you are, don't you? Same every day. Oh my God. I love, love, love magpies. Really like smart. seriously. God, they're so beautiful. And when we lived in Mexico, we had mag jays. Oh, yeah. And they're crossed between a, a blue jay and a magpie. And they have these beautiful long tails. Oh, my gosh. They're the most beautiful. And they're big. They're almost like half the size of a peacock. Mm. And just beautiful. I, I mean, maybe that's just because I just thought they were so grand. I might be um over exaggerating on them but they're so gorgeous in your mind they're as big as I, I, listen i i really am i i yeah i am over exaggerating on them they're they're so beautiful i wouldn't know i i'm gonna take you at your word here but they're beautiful like they really are they're so regal you know um but but we're talking about birds did you guys sit and go okay now we have to go do our goal research and start like geeking out on bird books no, you have we to didn't. Go to Sibley's. <laughs> no, no, you know, you almost don't want to do too much, right? Because then you're yeah. sort of, you become too beholden to it, and you kind of want to, you know, stay in this in this world of, I don't know. We think a bird, you know, a bird's doing human stuff anyway. <laughs> like let them just do whatever they yeah. want. Like at what point are you adhering too close to? Are you creating things you have to adhere to? Um, uh, 
and you know, just from when we were we were in school at the East Coast, and Jeff is from Long Island, so uh, but you know, we would do summers on the shore and stuff. So just the experience, you know, just a lot of experience with the seagulls and you know, watching them and, and you know, funny. You know, you'd see a seagull with a cigarette button in his mouth, and he'd look like a you know an old uh, an old. I like the one with the candy cane. Yeah, like exactly, exactly, old sweet beak. So That's yeah. Awesome. We, we just saw, you know, we kind of just drew from, from what we saw. And then, you know, you, you take liberties. Uh, if you get too close, then you're kind of you're writing a nature you've, book. You've lost it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're, you're, now you're doing a science report. I yeah, know. You lost the whole point that you're doing gangster birds. You know, so. Exactly. Yeah. Gangsters can do what they want and bend the rules. So, okay. So I know you've got more in the works, uh, which is awesome. And so I want everyone to know thegulffather.com. But do you ever want to see this in motion, like on the screen? Absolutely. Because, yeah. Oh, absolutely. it'd be so much fun. It would. Would yeah, you keep it was... in the same kind of format, though? And like, you know what I mean? It, in that kind of comic format? Or would you want yeah, it to be keeping the Keeping the kind of illustration, yeah, like, like not changing the illustration to like 3D. Right. Like it has a little bit of a noir kind of, uh, you know some of the color you know the color palette's kind of interesting it's it's not it's not super bright bright mm -hmm. saturated like some of the colors are a little more muted and yeah i think we i think we'd like to set that style and, and um but just take that style you know take that style to the screen i think the way the characters talk and their dialogue is, oh, is God, yeah. ripe for um you know seeing it on screen and, and that's you know that's that was our background before books was right was so yeah, absolutely. I, uh, but but it's not to say that this was only done as a vehicle to get to screen. It was, you know, again, it's a celebration of character and then just being silly and getting people to read. And that's how we start. You know, we started when we were young, right? It was it was reading. And I think mm -hmm. if you start there, then you can, you know, later in life you can write a TV show or you can you can mm -hmm. you can write all kinds of things. You can write a journal. You can write a movie. You can write a book. And and so rather than just go straight to the screen. I think the graphic novel format's a, a nice exploration and it's also just a tribute to um, the sort of time and place that we fell in love with reading. I, I love it because I think when you go from screen, you know you have to keep things short. You can't yeah. write the novel novel. You can't get too wordy. Like yeah. I was talking about songwriting. Like yeah. you can't, you can't, I mean, you can, you can have a 10 minute song, but you better have some damn good stuff in it. You yeah. can't, you know, be blithery. You know, or if you want to write Free Bird, go ahead. We're, we're tired of it now, yeah. but it, it's still a good song. But yeah. No matter what, it's totally. still a good song. Stairway, but it's, still, it's still good. Yeah, it's still a good song. <laughs> it's just overplayed, um, you know. Listen, so, listen, Grateful Dead's Dick's Picks with like a 40-minute dark star. <laughs> yeah, you, you can yeah, do all works. that stuff, but it does. But it's like, at the same time, I think you, you've got to have, you guys both, you know that you it has to be impactful. So when it comes to a book too, like this kind of thing, it has to be, have that impact and not be too wordy. And that's where the illustrations just between the two things, it just, it pops Yeah. and it, it keeps you moving, but at the same time you want to linger. So that to me is what makes it such a good piece that you're in it and you're, you get into the characters and you're, you do move through it fast and then you go back because it's just too good to yeah. zoom through it. You know what I mean? Every so art I, form, you know, has its, has its 
sort of lengths, right? And and they're kind of evolved for for reasons, right? And I mean, TV used to sitcoms used to have the thirty minute sitcom with commercial breaks. It was you know 22, 24 minutes. But you know, songs. You know, Taylor Swift's not out there singing eighteen minute songs, right? She's singing songs that we've kind of grown accustomed to a certain length of, right? With with hooks in certain places, and um, you know. TV, even with, with the really you know, great episodic stuff we have now, even though it's longer than it used to be, you know, something that might have been a movie in an hour and a half or two hours is now an yeah. eight-episode season. You still have to craft each episode in the right way so that people don't get bored. And, you know, some of that we've, we've you know, we've just become accustomed to and it's intuitive, but we had to be aware of it here. And, um, and the illustrator kind of did a lot of things that helped out, like, you'll notice there's a lot of places where the sort of frames and panes are just broken up, right. Or things over, you know, come out of a pane or there are whole pages where just like it, the story is sort of told vignette style over the course of a page. Um, and so that's, that stuff is kind of nice. Um, it's mm-hmm. sort of, you know, it, it breaks that sort of um, routine and makes things flow, gives it a sort of a, an, an actiony feel. And, and like you said, you could, you, you can linger. Um, and you or you can be pulled forward um but it's great you know as, as many times as we've kind of seen it sometimes i'll just pick it up and flip through and i'll land on a i'll land on a funny exchange and i'll laugh again right or i'll i'll, I'll flip through and i'll see a, a good illustration and i'll see something new and i'll say oh I, I didn't realize he did that that's a that's a really nice you know it's a nice touch there so yeah hopefully it has all those things and and you know if it if it goes to screen at some point you know, this being an exploration of, of who these characters are is a, is, a, is a nice way to do it because, you know, like I said, we like spending time with the characters and we like, we like writing the characters and, you know, they have, all the characters are always having fun with each other and, and that's fun for us. I, I love it. Yeah, it's just, it's so much fun and I think it gets, I don't know, it's just, I think you just go into this other world, but then you can look at the world differently once you've read it. You know, yeah, I like it, and that's what good art does. You know, is make some impact, whether you like it or not. If you feel something, that's the thing about art; makes you feel something, and that's that's the point. So I, I love it, and please keep us posted as as you guys move forward with this. It's, it's awesome, everyone. The Gulffather, Birdsey Seagull is Volume One: A Seahawk Situation. More is coming out all done through books fluent you can go to thegulffather.com also keep up with our friends over at booksforward.com and right here on bigblendradio.com we air every day but every second wednesday we talk about books and authors and we definitely wanted to showcase this book and uh, it's a graphic novel and how much fun can you get with that and and seagulls so thank you so much for joining us jake it's been a real pleasure thank you for having me yeah i had fun talking about it appreciate it Thank you. You take care and uh, keep on keep on scribbling, right? <laughs> we'll 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 talk to you when the next one's out. Awesome. Okay. <laughs>